while I don't have like a specific to this bit, I could probably go into why the theme is what it is. <laughs> All right. Um, because I think I had hinted before that this month was going to be what I thought at the time was a very uncontroversial theme of water month. That could mean anything. We were going to do Shape of Water, which probably wouldn't have been affected at all. Um, but we were going to do some stuff dealing with underwater, vehicles, people being trapped, whatever. It just felt like, even though we planned that a few months ago, people would think we're trying to capitalize on you know current events. And uh, <laughs> I just didn't want that to be... You know, I didn't want that to be the vibe. So <laughs> uh, instead, instead, it's imploding submarine month. <laughs> oh yeah, U five seven one. Yeah, I was like, okay, preparing for Titanic two. <laughs> Maybe old people will be fine by October, so we can do Hunt for Red October. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I probably would have been fine because by the time this episode comes out, it will have been resolved for a couple weeks. But I just didn't want the. That's that hanging over the famous. podcast. Yeah. No, I just didn't like <laughs> small time podcast. Small time podcast linked to the movies does hugely offensive month. Netflix is already bringing Titanic back, yeah, so Titanic's back in like yeah. two weeks. It turns out, it turns out Noah does check the email, so I don't want him to get hate mail by someone being like, "You guys, it's really, really distasteful topic this month." So, uh, so we're switching. But before we get into all that, as you know, I don't know how to start the podcast yet, so. It'll either be uh, not even an apology, a but just sort of a yeah. preemptive explanation for why this month isn't what I promised it would be. Um, or something along the lines of, welcome to Late to the Movies. This is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Each week, we'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hadn't seen before and really should have by now. Uh, yeah, your guest, my guest, everyone's guest. This week, left to right across your podcast, oh, we got Vaz. You lied to me, Ben. We got Sam. I want it to be wet. Is that in the? Is that a quote from the movie? No. Uh, and we, we got Bree. Hello, like a normal person. <laughs> I'm just angry. We were I having was... a we were having a real fun time being like all oh, your wettest favorites this month. It's gonna be soaked. I forgot. I, forgot I was gonna watch was a... Nymphomania Volume One. I thought that was a quote from the. I didn't know that was a quote from the movie. I thought he was just saying he was mad that you lied to him that it was gonna be wet month. <laughs> No, not a co I mean, it could be a co yeah, yeah, yeah. You said it like it was, and I was uh, like, I guess like I just forgot. But no, you no, were mad just, at me. No, yeah. <laughs> I was just going big. A lot of people go big in this movie. Um, yeah, it's not. It's dry. All these movies are land-based, landlocked. Well, even. I, actually, this movie is kind of dry. How dare you? Oh, how dare yeah. you? New York City is a harbor. Yeah. In, um, they never well, go. You never they see never any go to the water. harbor. They never go to the harbor. Okay, so this month is Who Done It's Month. That is what the month is. We hadn't said it yet. We probably should. Uh, it's gonna be a whole month of sleuthing, clue finding, uh, murder mysterying, but not like noirs. I'm trying to define exactly what we want to do this month. So this one, we're going back to the 30s with the Thin Man. Oh yeah, today's episode is on the Thin Man. <laughs> um, one of my favorite movies. I watched it for a class in college, and normally it was like, at the time, as like a 19-year-old college student, everything was usually kind of like, oh, this is sort of stuffy, old, boring, whatever. Uh, this movie is, I think, over 90 years old? Yep. Or 34. Right around. 34. Okay, 34. so 89 years old, and uh, yeah, feel, real easy to watch. Yep. Real fun watch. Yep. Great movie. <laughs> Only 90 minutes, too, so. Yeah, 90 minutes. In and out. Get some jokes. Everyone's drunk the whole time. Yep. <laughs> this is the drunkest movie we've ever done. Um, so yeah, this month is going to be more sleuthy stuff. So we're back to the 30s. We'll do something new. 
I have some friends who haven't seen Glass Onion, so I will probably do that this month. Mm-hmm. I haven't filled out the other ones yet. So that's where we're at. That's so you can plan ahead. Uh, hey, guys, what have you been watching lately? Who wants to go first? Vaz. Okay. <laughs> um, a few weeks ago, I think maybe like two, I watched uh, Past Lives. It's uh, just really- just came out in Providence this weekend. I really want to see it. It's really good. Uh, it's from first time director and writer Brenda Song. She Celine Song. Celine Song. Whoops. Yes. Uh, um, Apologies, she Brenda. has, I think, only like wrote an episode for Wheel of Time before this, if I remember her IMDb correctly. Um, but this movie is pretty like incredible. Um, there's a great performance from Greta Lee, who you may remember as the uh, girl from. Uh, Russian dolls who says happy birthday baby. Happy birthday baby. <laughs> yeah. Um she's all she's the voice of um oh, Spider-Man 2020 uh, 2099's AI. Yes. In the yes. new yeah. Spider-Man movie. Yep. Yep. Um and uh it's the things that this movie does, especially like in the first minute where it teaches you how to watch the movie, uh teaches you his language, it's pretty brilliant. It's uh it's really great. It's great stuff. Hmm. Real excited. I really want to see it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you try and watch all the Oscar movies, I'm sure this is going to be yeah, one I, of those movies you'll have to get to. Uh, you guys, anything good lately? Really, we've mostly been playing video games. She just finished Zelda. Nice. I'm in the crux of replaying Persona 5 uh, Royal this time. Nice. Um, but yeah, we've mostly just been watching Succession. We're rewatching Succession. Oh, I am rewatching Succession. Bria's first time watching Succession. I I also started a Succession rewatch just because like there wasn't anything to put on while I was eating. I like things with narrative. Yeah. I can't just do YouTube videos. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and then I like in my mind, I'm like, I'm not really committed to this yet, but I am halfway through season two. We are so. in the beginning of season two. I am shocked how much I am liking rewatching that movie really, or uh, show rather. Really good. I I was telling Bree uh, beginning of season two. I don't want. I, I just got to the safe room episode. Oh, oh like, that's so good. good. Yeah, okay. um, I think but, I'm just in now. <laughs> um, I forgot. I think I've meant. I know. I know. I know. I've mentioned this to Vaz off podcast, but I had a maybe it was on. I forget. But I have a problem with. Uh, or I had a problem early on my first watch with Shiv in the beginning of season two. Without spoiling anything, just like she's just catching win after win after win, and it just kind of feels like they were almost like I'm. I was watching it badly. I was like, they're, they're kind of making her a Mary Sue, and I was like, I don't like this. And then like it isn't until a character comes in and specifically says like, she's not half as smart as she thinks she is. And I was like, okay, okay. The writers know what they're doing. Never mind. I just, I hadn't gotten into succession at that point. I liked season one. I wasn't crazy about it. Season two is really what brought me home. Yes. Like crazy about that show. I think by the end of season one, you're like, Oh, okay. This is a good show. Yeah. Episode six on is typically what people point to for yeah. season one of being like, oh, this one elevates. And then I think it's just the rest of the run of the show. Yeah, we just, the Valter episode in season two, we just finished. And I was like, what a great microcosm for the whole show. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just such a, like, what a good top to bottom. Great job for everybody. Yeah. And the end of season two, we haven't gotten there yet, but I think the last episode of season two is my favorite episode in the whole series. I know there's a lot of, there's a couple episodes in season four that people are really hyped about now, but I think. I still think the end of season two is the strongest episode in the show. Um, that's what the ringer said, right? Now, yes. I mean, people make I was, rankings, whatever. That, I was happy to that see ranked that. as number one. Yeah, yeah, I was like going through. I'm like, oh, I know. Four, this is not for tears. Is that the name of that? Episode? Something like yeah. that. I was like, I know four three is going to be number one because like I was just thinking yeah. recent. I think that was two or three. Yeah. Yeah. But 
I mean, that is a great uh, yeah, four three. No, is fan- yes. fantastic episode. I think and they, my, and they oh. shot it on film. Yep. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, they did. They shot on film. Hmm. Um, <laughs> You're gonna love four three, but we gotta yeah. get to four first. <laughs> uh, and it was mostly like living sleep no more style they just set up a bunch of cameras around a boat and just had the <laughs> actors just do stuff for like two hours i think my favorite episode is uh season three finale i do really yeah the, there, there's right, strong the finales across the board yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think what do you think of tears of the kingdom oh my god i <laughs> Oh, so nostalgia aside, because I know nostalgia can hit me pretty hard when it comes to Legend of Zelda games, but Tears of the Kingdom is probably my favorite one. And I honestly, I honestly think it's probably the best one. Like, I love Ocarina of Time that uh, like just objectively a masterpiece of a game. And I am very, very close uh, with Twilight Princess. I just I love that game. Uh, but Tears of the Kingdom just ended so well. Like even after I, I ran um, or I rolled the credits and then the scene at the end after that, it just hits so hard. Um, and I think it took, I didn't like explore as much as most people because that's what I didn't really like about Breath of the Wild. Um, so I think I have about 110 hours in it, like after everything. Right. So you haven't done that much. No, I <laughs> I explored a little bit. I did do a, uh, some big side quests. Like I got a house and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But I definitely prioritized the main story quest, the temples, and everything like that. That's, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a pretty flabbergastingly good game. Um, It's so good. um, (laughs) I've already recorded an episode since I've seen Asteroid City. Um, None of you guys have seen it yet, but that's still, I only watched it two days ago, so that's still the most recent thing. Uh, But I'll just say, on that episode, I think I said I, I liked it a lot. I'm pretty sure I loved it, but I was giving it more time. I'm definitely closer to, like, I think I loved it. I think it's pretty easily his best movie since Grand Budapest. Um, I don't know what it'll end up in the full ranking, but, you know, rankings are for losers anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, loved it. You're going to see it tomorrow. I hope you like it. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, I mean, it's Wes Anderson. I'm sure at the very least I'll think it's good. <laughs> the Thin Man. <laughs> Speaking of Wes Anderson, who's a thin man? Mm. The Thin Man. <laughs> yeah, he's a thin guy. <laughs> He's really tall, so that helps. Yeah, it does him help. I do want to say we're all wagging our fingers at Hulk. <laughs> all, all the three of us and shaming him. And now we're doing... Shame, the, shame. Yeah, shame. We're, yeah. we're cutting the finger. You're doing that. I'm ringing a bell. Yep. Um, Thin Man, 1934. W.S. Van Dyke. First uh, W.S. Van Dyke movie, right? <laughs> First yeah. one we've done on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, when you get to like Natural Disaster Month, we can do San yeah. Francisco. Exactly. Uh, based on a Dashiell Hammett novel. Um, we haven't done Maltese Falcon yet, but that's probably the main pull for his things that have been adapted into movies. Um, this was a big success when it came out in the Depression. It's pretty much pure escapism. It's about a murder mystery, but the guy who's reluctantly uh, investigating it isn't bothered by anything ever. You know? <laughs> and he's also rich. And everyone, well, his, his wife's rich. Rich. Yeah. Everyone, at least for standards of the time, is like super hot and super well dressed and just drunk all the time. Yep, it's good stuff. Besides the crying man, but we'll get to him later. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was definitely drunk though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, who wants to give us a one-minute plot summary for the Thin Man? I'll do it. I can Thin Man. Do it. All right. Start the clock. Started. <laughs> So there's uh, Nick and Nord's, uh not infinite playlist because that hasn't come out yet. Uh, are are together in New York, 
and they're from San Francisco and they're there and there's a guy who wants the savings bonds back from his secretary but he doesn't get them and then he disappears and then his daughter's like oh help us Nick and Nora you're my only hope and Nick's like oh I gotta uh I gotta not solve this crime wink and then uh a bunch of people get introduced. Two other people die. There's a lot of newspaper spinning, uh, and um, they get to uh, a bunch of different a bunch of different clues that come in uh, while slapstick comedy happens. And then it all comes down to uh, the lawyer at the beginning that was barely uh, involved in the entire plot uh, was the guy who did it. And uh, a lot of people get married and or divorced, uh, and a dog covers his eyes. That's the Thin Man. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Oh, and spoiler alerts. This is a murder mystery this whole month. I mean, like, just watch these movies before, you know, listening to podcasts about them. Probably should have put a, I'm going to spoil it. In all fairness, who, who the murderer is, is not really like that big of a deal. No. I, I'm not going to even preempt it in this episode um, because this movie is one not a movie you can figure out what happened yourself in because nope. that's not the point mm-hmm. it's just about style that's yeah. how we, that's how Roger Ebert put it it doesn't matter you can't follow the plot it's impossible to follow oh, yeah. <laughs> uh not difficult literally not possible to follow yeah. <laughs> and it's just about people just being cool yep it's also 90 years old. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like not, not to skip ahead, but remember the part where they're like, hey, there's this guy, Rosemary, and he's been missing for months. And I was like, what, what's this guy? This, this, is a new, this is a new guy. <laughs> <laughs> they brought him up briefly earlier on, but, but not by name. Yeah. There's just a whole new guy here. This was, um, so this is Powell, so William Powell, Myrna Lawyer, Nick and Nora. Yep. They were in a movie called Manhattan Melodrama together that the uh, studio saw and was like, get these guys in a movie. And they made it in over the course of two weeks. It was super cheap because it was just on a few interior sets, basically. What's a fun fact about Manhattan Melodrama? Uh, Spencer Tracy's first movie. Uh, early, early 30s. It's more about like who watched it at what time. Herbert Hoover watched it while the stock market was crashing. Uh, um... Hitler watched it uh, before he was like, I'm going to write it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, a real book to write. Yeah, yeah it's like a multiple choice for the listeners. Which of those do you think was right? Um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the last movie John Dillinger watched because oh. he was murdered in the alley outside. Oh, huh. huh. Batman style or yes. Batman parent style. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. This one was by cops, not Joe Chill. Um, yeah, so this was what John Dillinger was watching when the cops were setting up around the theater, and he tried to escape into an alley, and they shot him. Yep. Um, not this, Manhattan Melodrama, yeah. <laughs> which William Powell and Myrna Loy starred in. If only their chemistry wasn't so good, he could have he could have been warned that the police yeah. were there. His mind was completely off of his surroundings. It's messed up. <laughs> what did you guys think off the, no, no ratings or anything, but just like off the jump? Uh, this is my second time watching it. Uh, I saw it to think about like two years ago during the pandemic. Uh, well, it's still going on, but you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, during a lot of lockdown. Um, and I liked it. It's an enjoyable film. It's a great time, great chemistry between the, uh, two leads. I can see why they made more, why they made like 10 movies together. (laughs) It didn't, it didn't feel like an old movie. Like, I mean, transatlantic accents were flying, you know, and, and like, obviously it's in black and white. And obviously the scene to scene cuts are a bit abrupt. Like, you can, you know, the the seams of old movies are there. But the feel and the like uh, the comedy, I mean, that being pre-code also kind of helped. Like there was a lot more leg 
<laughs> in this movie than so I kind of like we saw a bathroom. We did see a bathroom. <laughs> Still <laughs> separate twin beds, but yeah. oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, so like it was just kind of interesting like it just if you would have said like oh this movie like somebody like other than the quality of the film like if you were like oh someone shot this movie in 1960 and just did it black and white and they wanted to do old movies mm. i would have been like oh yeah no that kind of makes sense you know like you probably could have wooled over my eyes to that um i liked it um i'm usually not a big fan of like yeah the trans uh, atlantic um accents the like over the top like um acting and that's the kind of like stilted and stuff like that and like their dialogue um but i I think what really, really sold me for this movie was the chemistry with um, the Nick and Nora actor, um, actors. Um, I loved their relationship. I thought it was very cute. And that was, yeah, that was mainly it for me, I think. Like, every, it was funny. Um, I did kind of fall asleep on a couple times. Um, <laughs> but I was mostly just sleepy. It wasn't the, that the movie was boring or anything. Um, but that, I don't know. Older movies kind of have that effect on me. Uh, <laughs> a lot of gunshots to wake her back up. Oh, so. <laughs> well, those coming too. Extra, extra. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, Newsy yelling extra, extra. Yeah. A couple uh, different montages. Um, is this the oldest movie you've seen? Oh, probably not. I've seen some pretty old movies. Might, this might be the oldest movie I've seen. Now that I thirty-four. Yeah, I'm trying right, to think. Uh, so Wizard of Oz came out. What? Wizard of Oz is thirty-nine. Yeah. Casablanca came out. Thir- it's forty-two. Thir- oh, the forties. I'll get back to you on that. Okay. When did when did um, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington come out? Uh, like 38 or 30. Okay, yeah, uh, the, I late think this 30s. is the oldest movie I've seen. Though. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some of them are kind of stuffy and a little bit more boring, but I think this one is just pretty light. Yeah, That's uh, kind of what was... Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, okay. no, I was just, that was what surprised me. Well, that was all yeah. I was going to say. Um, I was, uh, and just to finish the circle, I love this movie. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did read the wiki before before coming here. Apparently, a lot of the she- scenes that were done were done like in one take, like the first take, because uh, uh, W.S. Van Dyke yeah. doesn't like doing He works uh, under takes. budget and yep. quickly. Yep. That's yep. what he does. He's uh, the Clint Eastwood of his time. Yeah. So there's a, lo- a lot of like improvisation going on. Like the f- the time when you see William Powell for the first time and he's doing the martini thing, shaking that, <laughs> uh, he just like... Uh, Dyke just told uh, William to just like, oh, just go out there and like, you know, we'll just run the scene. And he was filming while he was doing it. And William didn't know. So yeah. that's just <laughs> William just being like charismatic and yeah. just having fun. Yeah, just super charismatic. He's uh, He gets like a hero's entrance yep. teaching professional bartenders how to mix drinks. Um, the beginning kind of plays, plays like a prologue the first, I don't know, 10-ish minutes. Yep. Where yeah, it looks like a combo episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're essentially introduced to the guy who's eventually going to be the main suspect in a string of murders um, and a bunch of other people who are, have various motives or opportunities to perhaps be in on it or victims of that crime spree or benefit from it in some way. And uh, yeah, it kind of sets everything up. There's not too many jokes in this part of it, but they, I think they it started off with some. My favorite. He does fire that guy. Yeah, he does fire guy. I like that, <laughs> and I like that he forgot. Yep. Uh, but even yep. before that, we start with the the guy, who, the uh, the victim guy, uh, with like a machine going back and yes. forth. Yeah. I, I don't know what he was doing, but like Winding. this is science. I yeah. Guess. yeah. <laughs> so so the main guy here, the titular thin man, is uh, named Winant, and uh, just so it's easier to say it throughout the movie. Um, of course, just because audiences being what they are, the movie is called The Thin Man, the star of it's William Powell. Uh, so they name every other movie in the series The Thin Man, 
Even though it's about specifically the character who's just in this movie. Yep. <laughs> uh, later, I think, because I was looking at the other uh, movies for The Thin Man, and I think they, like, in the movie, they're like, oh, The Thin Man's back in New York. And, like, it's a newspaper that says The Thin Man issues with Powell. And, <laughs> like, oh, I guess he's just The Thin Man now. Yep, yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, Roger Ebert said William Powell is to dialogue as Fred Astaire is to dance. Wow. Um, he's, uh, like you said, a very charismatic dude. Yep. It's just so, so <laughs> good. So he gets introduced mixing up some drinks. And uh, Mirna Loy playing Nora gets introduced getting dragged by Asta. We haven't mentioned Asta yet. No. Skippy, the terrier, fox-haired terrier, yeah. maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh, arguably a big Hector for the time. Yep. His <laughs> filmography is pretty insane. 20, yeah. That dog loved to be 20. Like yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. This is early career for him, too. He's yeah. in he's in bringing a baby after this. Yeah. He's Yeah, he works with Hepburn. <laughs> <laughs> um, then he went through a big drug period. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Read his memoirs. They're really good. Uh, he's He's in most of the Thin Men, and then the I think eventually two, successors. Uh, yeah, although he was alive for all in the the last two, so oh, he probably okay. saw them in theaters. And he, was, like, he was just that could have been me. He was just producing then. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was behind the camera. Yeah. yeah, he has a Bill Hader arc. Foss, yeah. to answer your question, 1925's Ben Hur. Okay. Oh, okay. I've seen like a bunch of like movies that are old that were, but they were like less than 20 minutes. Uh, yeah. Like Like short films. Yeah. Like I've seen the, they go to the moon. Yeah. Trip to the moon. The, I think I saw the original Ben Hur too. That was only 15 minutes, stuff like that. But like for full length movies that are old, I think the 25 Ben Hur. I just, I'm not trying to go all the way back to that. I've, I've watched, uh, City Lights by Charlie Chaplin. Okay. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe we talked about it. Pretty much every Buster Keaton directed movie is just on YouTube. Yeah. You can just I still haven't watched yeah. those, but I should. Sherlock Jr. is, uh, what, 80-ish minutes and super fucking good. <laughs> I've heard great things. I haven't seen yet. It might be 90-something minutes, but it's super good. And, you know, it, it's another thing that like doesn't play old at all, except for the fact that there's not dialogue that you can hear. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, they're here at some high society thing. It's Christmas Eve. Yep. In the prologue, it's established that the daughter of Wynant is getting married in a few months. Um, I appreciate there's no title card or anything. They're just like, now it's Christmas Eve. And he said <laughs> he'll be back by Christmas. Yep. So you know it's been like a few months. Yep. Um, that daughter runs into Nick at the bar and says, I haven't heard from my dad in a while. And that basically sets off the plot. Because he had done a case for wine and stuff yes. known to each other. You, you get the impression that you're like coming in well after, not necessarily like the heyday of this guy, but yeah. like he has a history with everyone, almost everyone in this movie. Yep. Yeah. Like and literally the bullshit store later on, like, walks, he's like, hey, what are you doing here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, just another guy he sent up the river. Yep. Um. So yeah, Nick is retired now, but was a big time detective. Um, but retired when he married an extremely rich lady <laughs> whose dad gave her a railroad and though some other things that he takes care of. Uh, I believe they later say that he went away to San Francisco for four years while he was getting married and he was becoming a gentleman. Yes. So he's just like kind of a man of leisure at this point in time, um, which I guess is, you know, part of the escapism for people watching it mm. at, at the time. Um, it's, it would be hard to be like, and here's who everyone is that they that shows up in the prologue because yeah. there's a bunch of characters. Yeah. 
Um, I don't even know if they count as red herrings. There's just stuff going on. I think Chris jo- <laughs> Chris Jorgensen, who's not even in the prologue, must be like the biggest red herring in the yeah. world of cinema. The young Cesar Romero. <laughs> it is. Of as Batman you know from all the Batman memes. <laughs> <laughs> About like Batman wanting to pound him or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's Cesar Romero. <laughs> so it's Christmas Eve. They're all very drunk. <laughs> and uh, Ast is here. Nick's on his sixth martini. <laughs> So Nora orders five in addition to the one she just ordered to catch <laughs> I love up. that. Line yeah. them up right here. Yep. <laughs> and then quick cut two, she has a hangover. She's yeah. in <laughs> and she has one of the comical like ice yes. pack. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's like tied to her head. Yep. You don't see anymore. You know, you saw them in Looney Tunes all the time because, of course, as we know, Looney Tunes is just parodying old cinema anyway. <laughs> I do love that joke where she's like, oh, what hit me? The fifth martini. <laughs> <laughs> The lawyer's here. Um, <laughs> Mick, whatever. Macaulay? Macaulay. Macaulay, thank you. He just looks like Uncle Jack from uh, Always Sunny, but without <laughs> the big hands. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I'm watching this movie, the first time he's introduced is before William Powell's on screen. I'm like, was that William Powell? And then it takes me a second to be like, oh, no. Just like when he's you know paying for the cab and not yeah. taking him outside. Um, he's like a puffy, shorter version of William Powell. Yep. <laughs> but everyone has a mustache and the same haircut. So yep. it's <laughs> kind of hard to tell. It's a sometimes. different time. It's a different time. Everyone had very thin mustaches, <laughs> which people don't like now unless no. you're John Waters. Or Vince McMahon. And this is, yeah. I don't know if people like that one. <laughs> Hearing from the lawyer that Winant's back in town, he's going to go meet him now. Nick calls the daughter, Dorothy, of Winant to, be, uh, to try and put her at ease. Um, you see in this, I think this is when his ex-wife's introduced, Winant's ex-wife, mm-hmm. mother of Dorothy. There's like 40 characters yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Mimi, I believe. Mimi, Mimi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mimi. Yeah, she sucks. She big sucks. Yeah, she sucks. <laughs> she just wants money. Yeah. Cesar Romero, uh, Chris Jorgensen, he's yeah. there too, looks a lot younger than her, is yeah. very explicitly like, I'm going to go do a murder. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, like well, I guess that guy's the murderer. Yeah, I guess the, the murderer. He's, His one state direction was, just be suspicious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like the opposite he's of He's constantly yeah. like <laughs> avoiding cops and saying he's about to murder someone. <laughs> yeah. He's also like, wait, who was murdered? Yeah. Oh, I don't know anything about it. Turns <laughs> out he's very on the level. <laughs> pretty sure he's like seven foot five. Like, he looks like to a, be, With yeah. like a nine foot wingspan. This is where you're also introduced to Gilbert, a purely comic character, Dorothy's brother and Mimi's son, who's just a real weirdo. Yeah, he has a, he has a self-proclaimed out of his prime. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, yes. I really like the dialogue with that, where he was like, um, like, oh, I think you have an Oedipus like problem because it, it all it, like our complex. It all comes down to wanting to, and then she's just like, shut up, like, and leaves like before he <laughs> yeah. can actually say. What an Oedipus yep. complex is. Uh, yep, they still needed to release the movie <laughs> yep. in the 1930s. So. I loved his great big book of everything that he just had yep. <laughs> yes. at all times. And it looks like the Necronomicon. It's yeah. weirdly patchy. <laughs> He's Made constantly of human trying. skin. Yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. I really like when he asked to see the uh, the body and they're like, oh, you just wait here. We'll bring it up to you. <laughs> yeah. I think he believed yeah, like, it too. Yeah. <laughs> Gilbert's just on his own thing, you know. Yep. Um, but we stand a neurodivergent king. Um, <laughs> so the ex, Mimi, goes to Julia, the secretary who Winant stepped out with, which is why Mimi and Winant are divorced. She goes over to her apartment to try and track down, oh, of course, this is where like the money is or whatever. Um, and Julia's been killed. <laughs> we see an unnamed guy who we later learn is named Nunheim, but we don't know that for a while. He kind of skulks out the back. Yeah, he was just Scarface in my head for like... <laughs> yeah, he's got a big scar on his face. Um, 
yeah. So uh, Julia's dead, and that's what's up. The word spreads of Julia's murder, and now the police are involved. There's a guy named Gil who's like the lieutenant. Or whatever. Yep. Um, and the, this is all like, oh, the ex took a bracelet. There's a lot of like melodrama coming on at the Winans house because mm. like she thinks she has evidence that her ex husband did it, but wanted to hide that from the cops. Yep. Um, listing all of this really quickly just to say. And then it's at a Christmas party at Nick and Nora's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick and, Nick and, Nora. and nothing is a problem. Uh, and yeah. no one is worried about this. <laughs> and, well, until the people that are worried about it start showing up at the party. Yes. And then Nick is just annoyed because people are stopping him from drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and they're pulling guns on him. Yeah. Everyone's pulling guns on him constantly. There's the good bit where, uh, this is later in the party, but she asks him if that's her drink or his drink, and he drinks it, and then says it's your drink. <laughs> oh, it's a rye, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yours. yeah, yeah it's yours. Yes, he's constantly doing bits or stuff with his yep. hands. Yep. Um, oh. You can be like, oh, this is, you know, he's just doing what some, I forget who would later use for that pirate in Pirates of the Caribbean, whatever that yeah, actor was. Yeah. No, I don't think that's a person. Oh, <laughs> Um, yeah, whoever that was, I yeah. see they kind of just stole this. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, like, how do you do drunk in a movie that kids are going to see? You, you do this. <laughs> uh, so he, a guy walks by him and he kind of like helps him get along by like almost dancing with him. And he, I think his line is, uh, this hand's gay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Uh, he sings a song about being gay before that. And yep. then I guess that's a callback and you're using entendre. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I really liked when so like the beginning of the party when he's like it's kind of almost I don't I don't remember I don't think it's an actual tracking shot but like they kind of just follow him as he talks yeah. to everybody in his party and has like a little bit just, of yep. like you said just doing host stuff yeah I like I love when he walks by the guy there's a guy just sitting down crying and he goes like oh like uh you know how are you doing or whatever and he just goes swell <laughs> yeah <laughs> just moves on that's the crying guy yeah <laughs> We all know the crying guy. Yeah. yeah, he's here to cry and call long distance. Um, eventually, Nora just phones the front desk. Like, you don't have to announce anyone. Just send them up and yeah. send sandwiches. Who yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. These are all Nick's friends. Who cares? Because yep. <laughs> Nick knows everyone. And eventually, more and more people that Nick knows shows up at this party. Someone that he sent to prison once shows up yep. at the party. <laughs> um, and then. I think it's Dorothy first, the daughter who comes yeah. by and is like, kind of pulls a gun out. Of him. <laughs> he immediately grabs it. She's like, you're hurting me. <laughs> well, you pulled a gun on me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's like, I did it. And he's like, no, you obviously didn't do it. I did like that. How many times you get, sh- you shoot him like four, what happened? It fell backwards. It's like none of those things. Happened. <laughs> yeah, it's all incorrect. Who, who are you going for? Why'd you give me this gun? <laughs> Where'd you get this gun? Yeah. I bought yeah. it at a pawn shop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the whole Christmas party scene oh. is just like a symphony of comedy. It's so good. When he's talking to Nora, uh, Nora hugs him and then his wife comes in and she just gives a frowny face like. Mm. <laughs> Nora's his wife. Dorothy's the young girl. Yes. Come on. <laughs> Whoops. I do uh, really like but Nora's they faces. They do look fairly similar if they're not in the same scene. Nora make, I like all the Nora faces. She 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 hits all her nose points. crunching. Yeah. yeah. She's very good at nose crunching. Yeah. Well, she's got sent to Grant's tomb. It's yeah. yeah. later. <laughs> what a good bit. It's a great bit. <laughs> I'm making a copy for you. Um, yeah, it's a very funny line. So this Christmas party is going on for a while, and it's getting later in the night, and everyone is smashed. <laughs> um, other uh, Winant slash Jorgensons are showing up at the yeah. party. <laughs> He's putting them in different rooms. Yep. 
People keep walking in and go like, oh, excuse me. There's two like, reporters sure. there that are desperate to try to figure out what's going on. Yes. Because it's it's free. Anyone who comes in can go up. Yep. yep. <laughs> she said so. Um eventually they the they storm out the reporters are on their ass and then it's just like a big montage of everyone being super drunk at the party <laughs> and kind of singing oh tannenbaum i think yeah yeah well, that was very been, sloppy that must have been great direction to just be like uh like if they Sorry, weren't I drunk yeah just like start popping the balloon just start doing <laughs> stuff just doing stuff this guy's a um, professional boxer. Have him punch somebody. There's also the great bit with Gilbert at this party where the reporters are asking him, like, oh, uh, and he's like, oh, well, it's very clear. It's you see, my my father was a uh, sexagenarian. Yeah, and they're like, oh, he was. He's like, well, we can't print that in the paper. He's like, well, just say he was sixty. Like, oh. <laughs> Is that I mean, what that means? He's like, yes, of course. Um, funny stuff. <laughs> so yeah. Um. That guy keeps trying to call his mom. Yep. <laughs> the, the reporters hang up on him. Like, but I do love the beginning uh, of that. He's like, I want to call my mom or something. He's like, why don't you? He's like, I don't have any nickels, which number one, funny that a nickel could do yeah. anything for you back then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he's like, I'll just, you know, use the phone. Like, I don't care. And then he immediately goes, I want long distance <laughs> on the phone. San and Francisco. You, and you could see Nick turn around and be like, this piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. And then he's trying to talk to his mom, and the reporters rip the yeah, phone. Rip the phone. Yeah. You don't need to call your mom. This is important. <laughs> we can call this in. As Asta the dog repeatedly looks disappointed and judgmental at the <laughs> yep. party goers, uh, Nora tells Nick that she loves him because he knows such lovely people. Yep. Now they're in separate twin beds because <laughs> they don't have sex. Well, yes. at the end, oh, well, that was a different Choo-choo. stage of their relationship. Um, <laughs> that's why the dog had to cover his eyes. Cover his yeah, eyes. it's very funny. Um, Nora's still trying to convince Nick to take the case because she's worried about that that girl. Um, mm. And Nick still doesn't want to. The uh, kind of beefy dude shows up again. Joe Mancini. Morelli. Something like that. Yeah, yeah Joe Morelli. <laughs> he sounds like Joe Mancini. <laughs> Just a generic Italian kind of guy. Yeah. So Joe Morelli comes in. Uh, it seems to be like 3 a.m. or something. <laughs> Uh, but Nora just lets him in. Uh, yep. He walks into the bedroom, has a gun pulled. <laughs> and she just is like fluffing up the bed yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And he's what like, I didn't do it. <laughs> he's like, I'm not part of this. That's fine. They're going to set me up to be the fall guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Could you at least put the gun away? My wife's fine with it, but I'm super scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I like, he's like, yeah, this guy said that you're, oh, how is that guy? He's like, he's good. He would, he'd like to see you, but <laughs> you got to tell him it wasn't me. Like, I'm not on this case. Um, and then, of course, uh, the best way to get anyone out of the line of fire <laughs> is to punch them super hard right in the face. Knock them out. Throw a pillow at your accuser, but punch your wife in the face. Get her out of the line of fire. Yeah, get her out of the that line was, of fire. That was a weird one. Yeah. And then they kind of they kind of do, this is like the only action in the movie. They kind of yeah. like hold the gun at the same time. The cops were already there because they were staking out his apartment, yeah. as they later say, because it's become something of a meeting place for the Jorgensons. <laughs> Um, and, uh, he nurses his wife back to health with booze. (laughs) (laughs) And in all fairness, he does get shot and where he got shot would have just hit Nora. Yeah, I guess. Yes. But like, could have shot her. (laughs) (laughs) There are other ways. Soccer right in the face. (laughs) She, she lost consciousness. He turns around and he winds up. (laughs) He could have just pushed her. He could have just jabbed yeah. her. He gave her like a huge right hook. And she's on the floor for at least uh, a minute. So she has a concussion. <laughs> yeah, she for sure. Has yeah, 100%. Concussion. 
But it's also the 30s, so concussions were real back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just getting your bell rung. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> just get a full bottle of God. bourbon and just yeah. down her throat. She'll wake up. Just triple H that all over your <laughs> Yes. Uh, there's a great line in the morning when they're reading the morning papers and he's absentmindedly shooting a BB gun inside the house. <laughs> Improvised, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, William Powell just found the BB gun on set. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Nora's just like giving him just a sort of exasperated look the whole time. It's great. Um, he, he says, I was shot two times in the Tribune. She says, I heard you were shot five times in the tabloids. He says, you didn't get anywhere near my tabloids. <laughs> it's a great joke. Um, he eventually decides to take the case just because he's annoyed because people keep bothering him about it. So he's like, fine, I'm going to solve this just so people leave me alone. <laughs> Uh, and he does. Out on the street, he runs into Gil the cop, who's like, oh, I th- you thought you could get away without telling me what... A- and he's like, no, I was just going for a walk or whatever. And this is when they're like, let's get in this cab. Nora's like, well, I'm going with you. He puts her in the cab first, tells her to go to Grant's too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They go over to Nunheim's. <laughs> this is the guy with the scar on his face. Yep. They're grilling him. Some random blonde lady throws a pot at him. <laughs> that woman was acting very big that day. She came in and they just told her, be the most angry woman you can ever be in your life. <laughs> oh, good. I'm already doing that in like five <laughs> other movies. I don't like crooks. And if I did, I don't like crooks who are stool pigeons. And if I did, I just still wouldn't like you. Yeah. <laughs> she runs out. Uh, Nunheim runs off with a very, like... Looney Tunes level look over there kind of ploy. Yep. Um, he goes through the other door. He's like, oh, let me just grab something. I'll show you what happened. Nick immediately starts dialing a phone. He's like, oh, I'm going to call someone to tell him because he just went out the escape. Yeah. Um, and uh, the next he's, the next scene, Nunheim opens the door and is immediately murdered. Well, he so he calls. I would just like to break oh, this that's down. True. Yes, he calls that's the, the, so he calls the murderer <laughs> and says, hey, murderer, I would like five thousand more dollars, which is probably like two million dollars in today's money. It's definitely not. But it's like <laughs> a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, 50,000 was a million. I 50, think we, yeah, we looked it yeah. up because yeah. he asked for 50,000 in the beginning. 50,000 was a million. So, like, yeah, if we're doing those 100, he wants 100,000 more dollars. 1,000 was like two, $22,000. Yeah, so I don't know. But, like, yeah, he wants, he wants like six figures to not get murdered or like to not give away the murderer. And then you can't hear it. But on the other side, the murderer is like, oh, Okay, I'll get you the money. Just come alone to this vacant <laughs> lot. Make sure nobody sees you. No. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It looked like he was on like a busy street. It like, did, but he was like he, he just he opened up the front door and he's like three shots. <laughs> You're yep. dead. And that's it for Nunheim. Current yep. <laughs> call. Back at the Jorgensen slash Winans, Mimi says she'll tell Nick who did it. Um, this, this is after Nora calls to say that Jorgensen's run off. So the cops go over there. Mimi says, I'll tell you who did it. She shows him the bracelet. Extra, extra. There's a montage of newspaper headlines. Winant kills two. Or yeah, and Guild's like, well, I guess I'll be co- collecting the bet money because Nick was like, I'll bet you $100 that <laughs> he's not the killer. And Guild's like, well, we got this sewed up. It's yeah. over. Act two finish. See you later. Yep. I'm a bad cop. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a bad <laughs> I'm done I here. Uh, the daughter's trying to white fang her fiance because she doesn't want to have uh, murder babies. <laughs> I forgot about the white that was thing. so funny. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but if he uh, so if, if there's a 25 percent chance that she'll have a murder baby. <laughs> <laughs> so basic yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait, but what if the first one's the bad one? Oh, whoops. <laughs> Gilbert stays winning. <laughs> Unironically, a good character. <laughs> <clears throat> there is um, 
the only scene in the movie that actually has like some real suspense that it's trying to build is where Nick and the dog Asta go to investigate Winant's office. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is good. I like this yeah. scene. It looks really cool. The darkness and the flashlights. And, yep. You know, and they have the Asta's the only one who actually does any investigating. In this movie. <laughs> yep. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good use of shadow. Earlier we didn't talk about it, but earlier there's Clyde Winans walking down, and yeah. they give the shot of like the shadow getting yeah. bigger. Which I thought that's um, why they call the it thin the thin man. man. Yeah, he's very thin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah. Asta finds a essentially a grave in the thing, and uh, Nick says something like, "Oh, you're really a police dog," or something, and then yep. immediately throws Asta away, and then Asta just <laughs> keeps coming back and sticking her nose in the thing. <laughs> yep. He goes upstairs to make a phone call, ostensibly to call in that he's found something. And um, as he's doing that, you see a, a, the, a silhouette of a very thin man hmm. going up the staircase behind him into the office where he's making a phone call. And he uh, he gets the the drop on whoever this is, though. It turns out it's Tanner from the prologue. Yep. The guy who was doing the books. Yeah. Who's the- also Nick. Someone who Nick has previously arrested. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a guy who his, has his collar up and then his tie is around that and he keeps his collar up the entire time. <laughs> yes. Um, Tanner, a very thin man. Yep. And a uh, former criminal. And he says that he was there to repay the money, in fact. And uh, you kind of believe him. Yeah, he Nick, come, Nick does believe him, at least. Yeah. He comes across, like, on the up and up. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, also, some good acting from Asta in this scene, too, where he's just a big caddy, a scared <laughs> cat. Yes. Um, yeah, some watchdog you are. <laughs> so they excavate whatever's under there in the hole that Asta was sniffing. And uh, there's a body, there's a skeleton, there's large clothes and a wristwatch that has a, I guess previously maybe referenced, uh, f- the initials, or at least an initial of the last name of a former enemy of Winant. <laughs> And the cops are like, once again, case closed. (laughs) Oh, man, double or nothing, and here we go, baby. (laughs) Racking it up. Nick asks to go to the coroner, I guess, where they're doing like an autopsy and to see that there is some uh, shrapnel in the shin of this skeleton. There's another newspaper montage. Whining kills three. He's on the loose. Nick tells Nora that the body was whining. Very casually. Yep. After they're posing for photographs as the guy who like solved the case. <laughs> it's like, yeah, case isn't solved. <laughs> and she is annoyed that he won't just tell her what's happening. <laughs> and he's like, I have an idea. We're going to have a dinner party. <laughs> a classic uh, drawing room-esque finale to a murder mystery, which happens in a lot of uh, movies and stories like this. Um, but it's great. The whole montage is great. There's cops that are the wait staff for this in case anything goes off. They want the cops to be there. Yep. The cops very angrily demand that the guests drink cocktails. <laughs> yep. Um, they got the largest funny. humans ever to be the <laughs> Yeah. Um, they invite anyone who's a suspect or involved in any way. Or they, just said hi once. Or just said <laughs> hi once. So basically all these characters are at this dinner party that Nick and Nora are throwing. Also, the cops are delivering each of them, yeah. like, forcefully. Dorothy has, like, a... Boyfriend, I didn't. Did did I miss something? No, just so, just some guy. <laughs> some guy. She's just steering into like I'm. I'm all bad. I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck I'll, this guy. I'm gonna run now. off with some like forty year old weirdo. <laughs> Instead of the more appropriately aged weirdo that I was already gonna marry. <laughs> I missed. I should have probably gone back and listened. But there's a part right before he's setting up the party where he says like 
oh, we need two seats here. Is that for Jorgensen's wife? That he's like, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to come plus one or something like that. Must be, yeah. Yeah, it was either that or yeah. door. I was like, I'm missing something. But then yes. multiple people came with extra people, and I'm like, what's going on? They all had seats, though. It was all yep. anticipated. <laughs> Highly choreographed in Nick's mind. Uh, what did the fiancé say? Uh, I'm going to take a poke at this guy. <laughs> and he's like, well, then I insist you I stay. I insist you stay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so there is a nice when they're setting up and they're talking about the seating arrangement. That's all really good stuff. Mm. Yeah, and I don't know this part. This scene's just awesome. Yep, the whole thing's just wonderful. Mimi's lying about seeing wine at the night before. Nick is sort of rolling stuff out. He is right about everything, but he's also kind of like, I, mean, I don't know. It seems right. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just brings up people to get angry. It's like you don't think I had anything to do with this? It's like, no, nah, not really. You're just here, and I wanted to point. Yes, you out. he's like a teacher <laughs> just calling on people <laughs> to make sure they're still awake in the lecture yep. hall. Um, yeah, what'd you guys think of this scene? Because I, I. This scene's awesome. Yeah, I really like this. I probably like, from an entertainment standpoint, I probably like the Christmas uh, party a little Same. more, but mm-hmm. this is probably my second favorite scene after yeah. that. Yeah, the two party scenes. Yep. It's just great. Everyone's mad to be there. Yeah. yeah. They keep getting offered oysters and lobster and fish. And, uh, yeah. Another thing I read on the Wikipedia page is when they were shooting this, uh, they were using real oysters and like since it's a movie you can't actually eat them uh and they have like the hot lights on them oh so it smells so bad terrible oh <laughs> apparently the shooting that scene was awful also uh william powell didn't like the scene because it involved him actually learning lines and like <laughs> <laughs> and like they had to like do a bunch of like retakes and with all the smell and him having to like remember lines uh, yes to yeah. a plot that he he himself like did not understand <laughs> It's impossible to guess the outcome yes. of this. Um, it turns out it's the lawyer who did all this stuff. Who <laughs> oh, you, you, Nick? I get you realize afterwards strategically sat on his left side so he could give him uh, Nora style. Right? Yep. <laughs> it was like the first thing he says. Like Macaulay sits here. Yes, and then yeah, yep. Um, yeah, and that Jen that pretty much ties up the end of that. Um, Dorothy realizes she's not destined to have murder babies. I do like mm-hmm. the moment where he, the actual fiance, does take a poke. Yeah, at that <laughs> and they carry him. Four people carry yes. him away limb by limb. Yeah, and Nora's like, "You should sit here now. Yeah. <laughs> you punch that guy. That's all. Yeah. We all wanted you to punch. Yes, that guy. and now you can sit here in your rightful place next to your fiance. I also like when they're talking to. Well, it's like right at the crux. Like they literally like they show they show the. Um, actually probably like the second most stressful or like, you know, intense scene in the movie of like, you see the gun being pulled under the table. You don't know by who, but like, you know, yeah. oh, the murder is making his move. And, uh, but like, uh, Nick is just like kind of interrogating Mimi being like going over, like, you know, Chris Jorgensen is, was never married to you. You're getting the inheritance. Like you are covering up like for nobody, you know, yes. you are cover- you are going to get a bunch of money. If you just tell me right now who it is. Is like kind of like a nice thing you can see the gears turning in her head, like, oh shit, my money. Like I can get my <laughs> Yes. Like I thought that was that was a nice for a plot that is incomprehensible at times, it was like kind of a nice like way to deliver the ending on a way that felt good instead of just like, and it's this guy, because of course who cares? He's been here the whole time. Yeah. But we all hate lawyers, I guess. Yeah, we all- comes down to. <laughs> um they're honest, uh really cozy fun time on a train you know they're hanging out with the younger perhaps at this point married they were supposed to be married by now i think that is around new year's is that party mm-hmm. um and uh they're like clearly like you guys should get out of here <laughs> <laughs> nick's not getting it <laughs> yeah and nick is just not getting it he's talking about time zones 
um, the train. But then they eventually go into the different rooms. He's like, oh, leave Asta down here. And he's like, nope, throws Asta. <laughs> in, a, in a very worrisome throw. Like, I saw that. And I was like, God, I hope that was only one take. Because that yeah. was not as... That was a, it was probably one take. Yeah. Oh, that was... Even 90 years later, that dog, knowing that dog had already like lived, you know, yeah, I yeah. was like, oh boy, I wouldn't have thrown that dog like that. Yeah. It was onto a bed at least. Yeah, yeah. but it was up and like he kind of. It was a top bunk. You have to throw he, it up. He, he didn't, could have placed it. Could have placed it. He, he kind of threw it from like his chest. So yes. There was a lot of. You didn't have to. I feel like William had been throwing that dog a lot already. <laughs> so he'd be like, I know exactly how to throw this dog. Yeah. I also, real quick before we totally wrap up, I like I like when Asta breaks the balloon and then scares herself. Because <laughs> <laughs> she didn't realize it was going to pop. It's because, yeah. Asta is the best. <laughs> good. It's a very good dog. Um, and then uh, William Powell like is like crouching down to kiss Nora, and they, you know, it's a train m- metaphor because that's they that's what they use trains for. <laughs> they always use trains for this specific metaphor, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. What metaphor is it? I don't know. Oh, um, I think it has something to do with being sixty. Yeah, sexagenarian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, by far the drunkest movie we've ever had. As we're recounting this plot, know that William Powell is constantly at least tipsy, if not <laughs> drinking while he's saying his lines. Um, do you have any background on that? Was that water? Was that just straight uh, up? No I background on that. I assume he's just drinking. Yeah, I'm assuming <laughs> it is just alcohol. It's the 30s, so why not? Why not? Uh, I do want to say um, William Powell did die at the age of 91, uh, so he was fine. Um, well, he did in 1940. He did get uh, rectal cancer. Oh boy! Uh, he did. He got out of remission and he beat it. So, um, and I also want to say he retired like in 1955. His last movie was Mr. Roberts. Yeah. Um, yeah, he lived for a while after that. Yeah. Um, and that Myrna Loy was also super cool. Uh, she hated Hitler uh, so much that <laughs> Hitler put her on his blacklist. Oh wow! Yeah, and she's done a lot of other like cool, amazing stuff too. And while well, still good for her. Yeah. yeah. Myrna Loy's a pretty, uh, pretty uh, boss bitch. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's about the plot of the Thin Man. Uh, you guys all liked it? Uh, liked it? Kind of. Is that the range? Yeah. yeah, I liked it. I thought it was great. Yeah, it's a good time. Me too. It's just easy it's watch. Just an easy watch. We've now done two of my uh, four favorite things that you said on Letterbox. Yeah, Grand uh, Grand Budapest Hotel is the other one, right? That you've yeah, done. We haven't done Grand Budapest. Oh, we haven't. haven't haven't done Heartbreak yet, but we've done Scott Pilgrim. And oh, that, yep. And yep. This. That was it. So I think I got to cycle some out, um, some back in. Well, good luck trying to get the Heartbreak Kid uh, to, <laughs> to anyone to watch. <laughs> so the Thin Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is just one of my favorite movies. I really like it. Uh, do you want to do ratings? Yeah, yeah, sure. Anything else? Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, wait, no. We oh, don't. you got a game, right? Oh, well, oh, or a question. Right, do we want to do ratings and then like the monthly related question? I think that's yeah. usually what. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. To keep it like contained, all the Thin Man stuff to one thing. So on a scale of 0.5 to 5, on any scale of your choosing, aside from stars to later be added to our letterboxed account, what would you give the Thin Man? I would give it four out of five sucker punches to your wife. <laughs> You can't let her oh, see it coming. Not my choice. <laughs> can't uh, see it coming. I'll give it 4.5 um, World War One wounds in in the in skeletons out of five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd do 
3.5 cases of scotch. It's good. Yeah, I'm uh, working on a case. Yeah, yep. a case of scotch. <laughs> um, I'm at five out of five infinite playlists. <laughs> I thought about that one. I thought about that one. Is that movie it's, it's just like drunk people singing uh, Christmas carols? Nope. Is that movie based off of this, or is it literally no. just the names? The, uh, so okay. inspired. The yeah. book okay. is inspired by it, according to the Wikipedia. Uh, I've never read it, and then the screen. I will say, for what it's worth, the Wikipedia page for the movie does not have any mention of the Thin Man on gotcha. it. So, but the book in the first paragraph, it's like it makes sense. I mean, they're in New York and they're named Nick and Nora. Yeah, yeah. and they drink. And they drink, yeah, they're, they're being together weirdly, but like, they're not married, you know, like they're not. Also. I've only seen the movie. They meet in yeah, the movie. Yeah, they meet in yeah. the movie. And uh, Nick and Nora, it's just like two good names yeah. for like two characters that you yeah. want to like yes. put their faces together. And or, or cocktail glasses. Yeah. Um, in the, at the Rainbow Room, shout out to NBC in uh, New York in the 80s, a bartender named those glasses Nick and Nora glasses. Oh, I didn't know it started then. Yep. <laughs> and then stuck. And then stuck. This month again is Who Done It Month. So I think if you can think of like a better, more insightful thing, but I was thinking something along the lines of what would you prefer to do and what would you be better at as far as solving a murder or getting away with a murder? Oh, I would definitely be better as like the like the Watson or the Myrna Loy of just. Oh, okay. uh, so you want a sidekick? Yes. I want a sidekick, and I want to like provide like one-liners. Uh, that's nice. I think that's what I would be doing. Nice. Um, from so from the binary side of that question, definitely solving because at best I just whiff. And I'm a bad detective. <laughs> at the, or at least you haven't killed anyone. I don't, I don't, I don't, imagine, it. I don't imagine anyone's going to pick that one. But like, just in case, but it's like, interesting to know. There's like people I know in my life that I'm like, if I had, if they're very like resourceful and stuff, so like I can see, I was like, okay, like I'm not a murderer, but I'd probably be better at being resourceful and getting away with something yes. and planning than I would be about deducting. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm probably not good enough at either. So like, if I had to choose detective, just because I know that the stakes would be, you're fired, you're a terrible detective versus yeah. you're in jail and the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, and the family will never have closure. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Um, I would probably be best at being like the an guy that... An accessory? Or like <laughs> guy that, an 80 and a better? <laughs> I was going to say I'd probably be best at being like the cop that's confidently wrong. <laughs> Just like, ah, like, oh, there it is, number two. <laughs> <laughs> We're all down here. I don't know why we're bother going further. Yeah, like the John yeah. Mulaney bit. It's like, look, there's some blood over here. Hmm, gross. Clean it up now. Back to my hunch. <laughs> Yeah, not the sleuth, but like the kind of uh, the the cop that works with the sleuth <laughs> and is always a few steps behind. I, I would love to know Bree's answer for this. With her masters of digital forensics, it could ri- really go either way. I'd be the murderer. You know, if you know the playbook, right? I'm about to say, so I, 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 while I do think I'd be good at solving, I feel like I'd be better at getting away with it <laughs> just because I know, just because I know what cops and investigators are looking for because I've been on that side of it. So, and there's been, there's been so many things that like criminals didn't used to do until they saw it on TV. So there's so many other things that criminals can still get, do. Like wearing gloves. Like wearing gloves. <laughs> People just went, oh shit, never thought of that. Yeah, they saw it on CSI and they're like oh shit that's a good idea and then they started doing it in crimes that was not a thing before TV I was just wiping down everything <laughs> and missing a bunch of that stuff that makes sense yeah, yeah. if you're yeah. like a criminal you're not thinking about yeah criminals were always very stupid yeah 
They were given ideas. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be any good at murdering. Um, I have too guilty of a conscience. I'm not saying I'd be good at sleuthing either. <laughs> <laughs> or the same. Bed. But like, I've done a couple escape rooms and was pretty good at them. I, yeah. So if there's an easy solution and someone giving me hints, I think I'd do pretty good. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like my best attribute in an escape room is to figure out like one thing like walk up to something and like there's the person who's really good at escape rooms that's kind of figuring stuff out and i'll like walk by and whimsically be like what do you think about this and they'll be like oh maybe oh that did work thanks and then they go fix three other things that yes. i had no idea <laughs> all right guys thanks for being on uh, you can find us on stitcher spotify apple podcast itunes google podcast bot beans um i feel like i'm forgetting something but i forgot already um you can email Noah late to the movies at gmail.com. You can look at our letterbox late to the movies underscore podcast on Instagram. That's Instagram letterbox. I think it's just late to the movies. And uh, what else? I don't know. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a good movie. Love it. Go watch it. That's it. All right. Bye. See you everyone. Bye. It has man again. It has man <laughs> again. I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> I- I never think about it. I don't want to do it. I just <laughs> not this. Age. Let's keep it special. Okay. Let's not force it. All right. Do you want to do like a different song instead? Like keep on rocking with the thin man. <laughs> There's colors on the streets. <laughs> Red, white, and thin. <laughs> yeah. That's there you it. Go. <laughs>